Welcome to Trina Talk. This is the podcast where guests share their stories of pursuing their passions, living a fulfilled life, and empowering others. Each week, I talk with inspiring leaders, business owners, and people with amazing stories from around the world in unscripted conversations as they share their successes and failures. This podcast is all about empowering you to keep striving in your personal and professional life. I am your host, Trina L. Martin. Welcome to Trina Talk. If you're listening, go out and subscribe to the show so that you won't miss an episode. My goal here with Trina Talk is to empower and impact people all around the world. So I need your help to do that. Go out and tell your friends, your family, and everyone you know to listen to Trina Talk. There's a new episode every Monday. Welcome to episode 196 of Trina Talk. The topic of this week's episode is Unveil Your Inner Star. My guest this week is Tanya Eberhardt. Tanya is the founder of Brandface and Branding Agent to Business Stars. She's also the author of four books on personal branding. Tanya's humble career began while she was selling vacuum cleaners door-to-door to pay her way through college. That led to a job in radio where she observed local business owners who were featured in their own advertising and positioned as local celebrities in the market. That's when she realized the power that personal branding has on a business. Almost two decades and many successful brands later, she founded Brandface, a personal branding firm comprising a book series, speaking series, and personal branding program that is designed to help business owners and entrepreneurs differentiate themselves. Now, if you're an entrepreneur, you know how important branding is. So grab your pen and your pad because Tanya is sharing some valuable gems on branding. Hi, Tanya. Welcome to Trina Talk. Hi, Trina. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you for being here with me. I'm Really excited to talk to you because um, as being a businesswoman myself and what you do is so important to business owners and just business in general. But how I start off the show is I ask every guest to tell their listeners who you are and what makes you the Tanya that you are today. Oh, what a great question. It's actually uh, that um, that question has a lot to do with why brand faces what we are today as well, Trina. And that's um I grew up in a small North Georgia town, and uh, it's known for making moonshine. It's the moonshine capital of the world. It is known for where stock car racing uh, got its start, actually, uh, and that's because of the moonshiners, right? So I grew up in a very humble, very modest um, hometown, and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Uh, One thing I did notice, though, Trina, as I was growing up, is that um, I was surrounded by a lot of alcoholism and addiction in my family, kind of both sides. And um, a lot of it comes from or stems from the moonshine industry, of course. And I noticed, you know, at a very young age, although this wouldn't culminate until many years later, but I always noticed that um, the people that had great difficulties dealing with alcoholism and addiction, um, really all had one thing in common. And that's, that's that they really didn't see their own self-worth. And I think, you know, if I had to say where Brandface 
really comes from, it comes from that place of helping people to see their own worth and helping, as we like to say, unveil their inner star. And so that's where I come from. Um, I got my start uh, actually in the career world. I got my start selling vacuum cleaners door to door. And I did that for three years to pay my way through college. And I was discovered at that time as a young college student by somebody in radio. And they told me I needed to apply for a job in radio. And I did. And fast forward 18 years later, I was still in the media world. And really, those two places are where I understood the power of personal branding as it relates to business. So, you know, my, my, the way I grew up, that's how it relates to the human being, right? Mm-hmm. The person, the personal side of us all. But in the way that uh, I was introduced into the career, into my career in vacuum cleaner sales and in uh, radio, I noticed that there were a lot of business owners that were like rock stars. And the one thing they had in common is they were the fo- voice and the face of their own business. So those two things are really what catapulted me to start Brandface eight years ago. Wow. Very interesting. It's a lot. So thank you for allowing me to, to go on about it. No, you know, and that's what I do here in Trina Talk because I, everyone has a story and I love to hear yes. the story. And it's not all about the successes because everybody starts somewhere like you started somewhere, but then we also, we go through our journey, right? We have successes and our failures, But I always find it interesting when people do tell their story about how their journey went. Now, you selling vacuums and then going into radio. And like you said, you're seeing business people and and how they do business. What was it that made you just say, "Hmm, "Okay, this is something here. This is something that I can work and help make people better in this area. What was it? Well, I I think it was when I was um, a young person first starting in radio, I would go to a lot of these events and there were networking events and I would see these business owners walk in the room and people treated them like rock stars. Everybody was scrambling to have a conversation with them, and I thought, "Who are these people, and uh, and how and what makes them so attractive to other people?" And I realized they put themselves out there in a different way. They weren't afraid to put their brand out there and have that personal brand represent their business. And so that's that's really where I understood the power of it. And I, you know, I think that. Over time, I started bringing some of my clients into the radio studio and working with them, first of all, to create their own commercials, to voice their own commercials. And I would take out the script and I would underline certain words and I would say, okay, punch those words. When you get to those words, punch those words. Because most of these people coming in that had that were not yet faces of their business, it was my opportunity to bring them along and teach them that and show them what could happen as a result of that. And that was, that's really kind of what what taught me how well it worked because I watched those people flourish and I watched the pride that they had in representing them their business and when their family and friends would call them up and say I heard you on the radio that was a big deal mm-hmm. yeah exactly and and it's very interesting and and I was thinking about this as you know before we started the interview But in today's world where we have so many different platforms, social media, um, 
terrestrial radio still exists, but we have podcasts here right. like we're doing now. For a business owner, how how do they need to show up in the world? Because like myself, I am my brand, right? It's me. So how, yeah, how do you, how do you do that? Well, okay. So when, when, I, when we work with people, we take them through a simple three-step process and this will explain, this will give you the answer to your question. We, it's called, our, we call it our 3D freedom formula because it kind of gives you the freedom to create that brand, you know, for yourself to create a brand where you're attracting and working with the kind of people that you want to work with and you're growing your business the way you want to grow it. And that 3D formula is define, develop, and display. And it really all starts with defining who you are, um, not just what you do. You know, everybody knows, okay, I'm a podcaster, I'm a speaker, I'm an author, I'm a real estate agent. Um, That's not enough. We have to go deeper into why should I listen to you as a podcaster? Why should I trust you to help me with the with buying or selling the largest asset I'll ever own. Right. So, so those are the things that I look at and it all starts with defining and you're defining two things, really. You're defining who those ideal customers are that you want to work with every day, because if we don't define those, how on earth do we know what to put in our marketing to try to attract those people? We've got to know who that is we're trying to attract. Mm -hmm. And then we take a look at, our points of differentiation. And every human being on the planet is so uniquely different. We don't just have one point of differentiation. We actually have multiple points. And so in the branding world, um, it's kind of like if you look at it on a political stage, for instance, and you look at a political candidate, you always ask, okay, what platform are we running on? You know, what's that one thing they're running on? And that's not really much different from the branding world. So we kind of pull one thing together to say, what do you stand for? You know, who are you and what do you stand for? And it begins there. And so those three things happen in the, the, the definition phase. Who are your ideal customers? What things set you apart? And what do you stand for? And so that's kind of where we start at all. Oh, wow. And those things are very important. And like what you're saying, I have had coaches and gone through things. And, you know, I've gone through several iterations of my business where I finally I'm like, okay, this is who I am. And this is who who I'm, you know, trying to reach. And it feels good. You know, whereas before it was like, Okay, I don't know. I think it's this. And so it's a, and I'm pretty sure you can speak to that, that when you do find that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I can speak to that from a personal standpoint. Mm -hmm. So I went through the media, uh, the media world for about 18 years. And then I saw an opportunity. And that was when the internet was really gaining ground. Um, I'm telling my age here, Trina, but (laughs) that's when the internet was really gaining ground. And And radio, television, and newspaper, the big three, the traditional media, they didn't know what to do with this thing called the internet. I cannot tell you the number of times that a television, you know, general manager or, you know, radio station owner would come to me and say, the internet's stealing all of our business. We're we're, we're suffering because the internet's taking our business. And I said, you know, you do realize that no one owns the internet. (laughs) 
you have as much access to utilize it as a tool as everyone else. So that led me to open a small agency where I did integrated marketing and I consulted radio, television, newspaper on how to utilize the internet along with their traditional offerings to solve problems for their clients. So I did that for a number of years. And I have to tell you that in the media world, it's really difficult um, to change minds. Mm -hmm. We have people pretty much like every other industry. In any industry, there are people that have been there forever and you're not going to change their minds and they're not going to want to work too hard about this with this thing called the internet. And so I was kind of bashing my head up against a concrete wall all the time because I couldn't seem to break through and get them to see this. And I'd spent several years at it. And so I'm sitting in my office one day and I'm thinking, you know what, this is just not working for me. I'm literally having the same conversations with these people that I had four years ago. And uh, that was a wake up call for me. So I had to sit myself down and I said, okay, what is it that you really, truly love to do? Where's your passion? How can you best help people? So that's really where the definition phase first came from. I had to do it to myself. And so I looked at the things that I could deliver that were really unique. I looked at the type of person that I truly wanted to work with and whom I felt I could really help. And I thought, this is how I'm going to position myself. I'm going to write a book called Brand Face. Be the face of your your industry or be the face of your business and a star in your industry. Wow. That that took a little (laughs) while. Be the face of your business and a star in your industry. And, um, and I did that. And then I thought about halfway through that book, wow, this is a business. And so that's when I started opening it up and thinking, okay, I can write a book about it, but I can also take people through every one of these steps and help them feel better in their clothes, better in their shoes, because it's just like you said, I felt better. Mm-hmm. I knew this was a fit for me. And, and that's kind of the progression of, you know, what I had to do with myself. Right. And, you know, and I'm glad you said that about your book, because I have glanced um, briefly at your website and, and normally, and I'm, this is, I'm revealing my secret because uh, I consider like myself like the Oprah of podcasting, but I normally don't do too much research on the guests because I do like it to be an authentic conversation. Absolutely. But I did see your staff, your lineup. And I saw that you had a lot of diverse um, positions. Absolutely. So tell me about that, because when nowadays, when people think about branding, we -hmm. think about it as all internet, social media, you know, getting on, making videos and things like that. But you have different components to branding. Tell us about those components and how that makes up the total brand. Okay, absolutely. And that's kind of a continuation of that define, develop, and display. So let's start right there in the definition phase. We've looked, we've we've honed in and drilled down into who is that ideal customer, a great snapshot, not just somebody who's buying what you have to sell. That's not good enough, right? You really have to drill down into that. There's a bunch of people that could buy, you know, could buy what you have to sell, but you want the people who were made for you. <clears throat> You've determined the point of differentiation and how you're going to position yourself in your space. So now we've got to move forward into that development phase. And this is what you're talking about. So now what do we need? Right. Uh, And here are some of the things we look at in that phase. 
first of all, and very most important is brand messaging. So how do you tell your story? Right. And again, we don't, we're not talking about a boring career bio where you worked at this place for, from this year to this year, and then you move to this place. Nobody cares about that. So we look at primarily three things. We, we, uh, pull together an elevator pitch for you. And that allows you to, in one sentence, say, here's who I am. Here's what I do. Here's what I do it for. And here's what it means to you. And then we take a look at something we call signature sound bites, um, And those are several bullet points that serve as highlights of your brand at a glance. And then we take a look at a biography because in today's world, whether it's printed material or digital, sometimes we have space for an elevator pitch. Sometimes we have space for a bio. Sometimes we need all three things. So we start there. But the reason we start there is because we want every client to feel like you do, like your brand really fits you, like this is me. And I want to know why this is me. So Throughout that brand messaging, we ask five critical questions that every great brand must answer. And that's number one, what sets you apart? Two, who do you serve? Exactly who? Three, how do you serve them? Four, what qualifies you to serve them? And five, how does it make their life better? And so if you can't answer those questions, you don't have your brand messaging dialed in. We start there. Then we take a look at now what does the brand look like? What are the colors? Creating a brand logo, choosing background imagery or just icon imagery elements that will go with that brand. And then uh, we take a look at a photo shoot. And we have a brand face stylist on staff who is absolutely phenomenal. He has uh, styled some NBA players for the draft. Um, and he, he styled a lot of gentlemen and ladies as well. He's fantastic, but we feel like that extra, um, guidance in the photo shoot process is really important because by the time Armand, our stylist, by the time he actually gets to that session with our client to say, okay, now it's time to prepare for the photo shoot. It's not just showing up to make them look pretty. It's showing up to bring a purpose to that shoot. So he knows their brand identifier, which is a tagline or slogan that kind of positions them, lets you know what they're known for. Um, He knows their, uh, their elevator pitch. He's read their biography. He has seen their brand colors. So he knows what is this person trying to portray and what purpose do they have in the world? And how am I going to help them live that purpose through photos. Women of color in tech feel excluded, isolated, and treated as though they are invisible. We have to work twice as hard and be twice as good to get noticed. I help women of color in tech get past imposter syndrome, navigate the obstacles in the tech workplace, and advance in their careers by being confident, showing up authentically, and negotiating the pay and promotions they deserve so that they can represent and remain in tech. If you are a woman of color in tech and you're ready to take command of your career path, then Tech Trifecta is for you. It's my private coaching program and is now open. Enroll today at tlmintl.link forward slash Tech Trifecta. 
So, so those are more the elements of things. And then display is pretty simple, Trina. It's just mm-hmm. like taking all those parts and pieces, putting them together in beautiful designs and putting it out there in the world on any kind of marketing platform that they want to put it on, whether it's a, promoting their podcast or handing out a business card or 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 designing a billboard, whatever that is, um, we they have all the elements then at that point that they need to market themselves differently. Oh yeah, and, and long answer I know. to a short question. <laughs> oh no, that is great because that's what the listeners are looking for. Because there is more to branding, like I said, than just oh I'm gonna do a TikTok video or I'm gonna do Instagram. And what I know, kind of video are you doing? Exactly. Right? What exactly. are you putting on Instagram? Who are you trying to attract? Right. What do they need to hear from you? You know, yes. how does that align with who you truly are? You got to know those things before you just like, I'm going to shoot a video today. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that you're saying it has to align with who you truly are. Because Authenticity is huge. Oh, yes. In a brand. Yes. It's truly yes. huge. Oh my goodness. It's so, and you know, it's something that I learned um, just going through everything. You know, like I said, it's like, I was like, oh, this really doesn't fit or this feels like a struggle. But then when I actually really found my, my spot, you know, my, my place, I was like, okay, this is me. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. My groove. And I think a lot of people, um, well, not many people think, okay, well, I can do this. This will make a lot of money or this will give me a lot of visibility. But is that really who you are? And I don't think many people look at it from that standpoint. I think they were looking at it as, you know, how many people can they attract? But is it really authentic to who you are? Uh, that is such a phenomenal thing that you brought up that I really would like to address it because I hear this a whole lot. So, a lot of times people will get on the phone with our team and they'll say, okay, well, I saw somebody's brand and I, I really want my brand to look like that. Or they will say, I need to see some people you've branded before. I need to see people in my city that you've branded before. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and so immediately I will be very honest with them and say, I can show you those things, but I don't want to. And here's why, because you came here to be different. And if you look at somebody else's brand, most of the time, all they're talking about is a logo, really, right. truthfully, and the color combinations and maybe a photo or two. Um, they, they're really looking for a style in the display or the design that they like, not mm-hmm. really looking at the story and the brand. And while something might be attractive to you from a design standpoint, that does not mean that that is you and how you would choose to put yourself out there. And you really don't know that until you go through the steps. And so we hear that a lot. And, you know, of course, I'm going to show them our work. I'm very proud of our work, but I always remind them, I could literally show you 10 brands right now, and you really could absolutely legitimately hate eight of them. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because they're not your brand. Right. Those eight people whose brands you hate, they don't care because if you hate that brand, they're not trying to attract you. Right. right. And it's not your, it's, you know, it's their brand. It's not mm-hmm. yours. And so there is a lot of, you know, surrounding that issue of authenticity that I think people just don't really think about. They just want something that looks nice. Right. And, you know, and it's funny because, I, and like I said, I've learned a lot of this the hard way. Um, so August, I took a new set of photos and I have to say, these are the best photos I've ever taken. And not because the other two photographers were not good, 
But when I look at them, I'm like, eh, this really doesn't reflect who I am. Photos were great, great quality, like, you know, scenery, all that's great. But I'm like, is this truly who I am? Is this giving off what I want to give off when on my website or in my social media posts? So I really started to scrutinize and learn that because when I started out, just thought, okay, yeah, great photographer, pretty pictures, whatever. But when you're in a business, it's more than just having a pretty picture. You no, know, you it's want. a picture with a purpose. Yes. It truly is. And another thing is, you know, we we see in in men and women, after a photo shoot, they'll send our team, you know, all of the raw images. And mm-hmm. then we help them narrow down, you know, 10 or 12 that we're really going to build upon. And in that, I can go through those photo shoots. And so can our entire team. They can go through those shoots and say, that was that person's favorite outfit. Mm-hmm. That person feels at home in that outfit because the eyes tell everything. You can literally see when that red shirt goes on and that's their color and their eyes light up, everything about them, their posture changes is, is totally unique. You know, mm-hmm. the, the way that they act and appear in different types of clothing. Yes. Yes. And it's so important. And I, I hope the listeners are really taking this in because there's so much that goes into branding, just like all the components that you just discussed. So it's not just a logo because people think, oh, brand, okay, a logo and a website. Well, there's more to it. There's a lot of different things that play in to make you have the brand. Yeah. Those are what we call uh, symbols of a brand. A a logo would be a symbol of a brand. Mm -hmm. And then a, uh, and then a a website would be a marketing piece really, Mm -hmm. because, and that's another uh, common thing that people get mixed up. There's a lot of confusion between marketing and branding out there. Mm -hmm. And we've really simplified it. And I think this is probably the easiest way that I know of in all my years to express the difference. Marketing is really just using different marketing platforms to get a message out to the world. doesn't matter if it's a podcast, if it's a website, if it's social media post, if it's a billboard, whatever that is. Your brand, however, is that message and image that you're putting out there on those marketing platforms. And so that is a very clear difference between the two. And the number one mistake that people make in branding is that they try to market themselves before their brand is built. Mm, Very interesting. It it can lead people into all different situations, most especially what we call spray and pray marketing, Trina. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you spray it out there and you just pray something works. (laughs) So, So how important is how you physically show up to your brand? Okay. Fantastic question. Again, when people come into our program, I usually tell them, I want you to show up with an open heart and open mind and some energy, right? Uh, because you know, we say we, we take on 90% of the heavy lifting for the clients. They come in, we pull the information out of them. We do it in easy ways through, you know, interviews with them, taking notes. We write all of everything. We bring it back to them. We go through everything line by line in terms of the story. All of the design elements is a collaborative effort. So, but if you don't show up with the right mindset, um, you're not going to achieve the maximum that you can achieve from the experience and certainly not the outcome. So, and I don't necessarily think that's a, a huge problem out there, But I will say this, 
um, there are some, there are situations I've seen in the past where somebody will come into the program and they get very excited about it, but their spouse is not supportive. And that is a real killer. You know, it, it, it really stops things in the track, in their tracks because it matters, you know, what our partners and loved ones think about us. And you want them to be so supportive of this new journey because it's kind of like, Hey, I'm, I'm like working on a new me here. (laughs) I want to bring out the best of me and put it all together and put a bow around it. And if you don't have that support in the background, it can be difficult. Um, You don't have to, but it is always best if you can get that support. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then once your brand is established, so let's say you're going out. There's nowhere um, professional-wise, just out, you know, whatever. How, How do you present yourself? Should I always be the face of my brand at all times or or is there times that I switch on, switch off? What, what is your suggestion? I think that once you are the face of your brand, like you, for instance, you know, people know who you are a lot of times when you go out and there's no hiding it. You know, you're not one person when you go out and somebody else behind the microphone, you know, of course there are nuances, you know, there are certain things we would say and just an intimate group of six people we're having dinner with that we might not say on an open public forum. Right. But in the essence of the human being that you are, that's what, that's who you are. And you can't really change that. So as I told my uh, business partner and uh, um, Michael years ago, when he came into the program, he was a client before he became a partner in the company. And, and he just loved the, what it did for his business so much that he said, Hey, I want to buy into the company. And I said, absolutely come on board. So, so when he came into the brain face program, I said, okay, here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to help make you famous in this area. Okay. And I'm going to do it because you deserve it because you have so much to offer because you're a genuine human being, because you have the, uh, the thoughts of others, best interests, you put those first. And, um, I said, but I, I can tell you one thing, don't you act up in a restaurant? Don't you embarrass me? (laughs) Don't you, you know, and it's all like, it's, it's serious, but it's not, it's playful, but still serious, you know, because the lasting effects of, you know, being a jerk in a restaurant, uh, that does that, that not, not only harms you, it harms your business and everybody that works with that business. And so those are the things you have to keep in mind. It's not for the faint of heart, actually it's not. So when you put yourself out there on a bigger stage, so to speak, you really need to be prepared to live up to that brand. And honestly, that is one term or one statement that a lot of people have said, Oh gosh, now I'm going to have to live up to this. And I remind them, Hey, you are this, you know, but if that brand helps hold you to a higher standard, how wonderful is that? Exactly. Yeah. It's like growing up and having your mother saying, don't, don't you act out and embarrass <laughs> Don't me. you do it. I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> yeah. Don't you, don't do, let me hear you doing that. You're like, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. Oh my goodness. So Tanya, you have four books. Tell us about the books. Okay. So there are four books in the brand face series. 
And, uh, and those started uh, eight years ago with just brand face the, and that book is for business owners. And then along came my business partner, Michael, and things went so extremely well for him. And he is a real estate entrepreneur. He's an investor, he's a broker, and he is an auctioneer in the real estate space. So when he came along, uh, we were kind of pulling together. Uh, I was pulling together the program that we, the same one we take people through today. I was pulling all that together and we realized, my goodness, real estate, they, they already lean toward being the face of that business. You know, their faces are on a lot of the yard signs and billboards and things like that. So, but they weren't always doing it correctly. They, you know, so we saw a lot of opportunity. So I said, why don't you come on board and be my co-author in the next book in the series, Brand Face for Real Estate Professionals. Mm -hmm. So the principles in that, in all four books are exactly the same. The principles are, but my co-authors share a little bit of their own unique story going through the personal branding process mm -hmm. as a real estate professional. Uh, and then uh, I also have a co-author who's a home improvement professional. He is fantastic at the top of his game. And that became home, Brand Face for Home Improvement Professionals. And then Brand Face for Entrepreneurs. By that time, Michael was a full partner in the company. And we decided to write that together because we were both entrepreneurs. And so that features a lot of Michael's work as an entrepreneur, ju not just a real estate broker. So those are the four um, business books. Mm -hmm. And um, and then I have one more that just got released in uh, 2021, uh, very near and dear to my heart. And it's actually my dad's memoir. Wow. And it is a story about him growing up um, with two alcoholic parents. And it's oh. called Raise The Raising of a Rebel, 12 Turning Points uh, of a Child of Alcoholics. Hmm. So that kind of chronicles his life from his earliest memory when he was three years old in a car and his mom and dad kept passing wine back to him in the back seat. And he oh. remembered he could barely stand up under a funeral tent wow. where his grandfather was being buried that day. So it starts out there and then it takes you all the way through his uh, struggles as a child of two alcoholics, very violent ones. Uh, all the way through his uh, years as a basket high school basketball star. He was number seven in the state of Georgia in 1966. And then, uh, then he got my mom pregnant and, <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> and so uh, then he uh, later on uh, had his own struggles with alcoholism and addiction. And it kind of takes you all through his story hmm. to skip to the end for folks. He's doing extremely well now. He is, you know, as they say, always recovering. Right. Mm -hmm. But he is uh, doing phenomenal and, uh, and it all turned out wonderful, but this it's just a great story. Great. And so you got to tell me about moonshine memoirs. Cause when I saw that, I was like, oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> tell me about That's this. <laughs> Okay, so that actually, um, we're gathering the episodes now. It's not actually live yet, uh, but it will be in the next couple of months. So I realized that through my dad and through, you know, his his dad was one of 10 children mm -hmm. and their entire lives really kind of um, were built around the moonshine business. And in the area where I'm from, it's kind of at the foothills of the Appalachian uh, Mountains there was a lot of poverty and um, moon making moonshine was pretty much the only life many of them knew. Mm. And so I have access through my dad and my, and my grandpa who's now passed, but friends of his um, 
And the entire area where I grew up is full of moonshiners. So it is um, interviews with moonshiners and their children and their grandchildren. And uh, it's just telling their stories. What are your favorite, your most memorable stories about the moonshine days? And that became Moonshine Memoirs. Oh, wow. Very interesting. I have to stay tuned for that. That is Yes, please. <laughs> Great. Well, you know what? We're going to get to our questions. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Away. Who or what motivates you? Uh, helping people unveil their inner star, helping them see their self-worth. What demotivates you? Um, arrogance. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked out for your good? Um, hmm. Oh gosh. What a great question. Um, probably, probably, probably walking away from a business left a business behind. And, uh, and I thought, my goodness, I'll never reach that level again. I'll never have that kind of business again. I walked away from it, but it, but I ended up with brand face. Mm. Right. What is your fear? Snakes. Oh my! (laughs) (laughs) That's an easy one. Now, if you mean internal fears, I think everybody, I think everybody fears not being grateful. Mm. You know, I mean, I don't know if everybody fears that, but I do. I, you know, I want to live each day starting out with that gratefulness. And I have to be honest and uh, that sometimes I, sometimes I don't, I, sometimes I fail at that. Yeah. Uh, and I think, well, it should be this way or things should be this way. And um, and that is not always the case. You know, right. God didn't promise you that uh, things would be exactly the way that you think they should be. He gave them to you exactly the way he thought you should have them. That is so true. Uh, is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? Wow. Good questions, Trina. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if there really is. I'm sure if I'm thinking back, I'm sure that there is, but I've really always had the good fortune to have kahunas about things, right? Mm -hmm. I just, if I see something that I want to do, I think that has been more my strong suit is I'm, I've been pretty fearless about things. I'm sure I could list off 10 or 12 after this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that's how it always goes. Okay, so here's the opposite. Is there a time when you wish you had not done something? Um, Of course, you know, I think if you're a mother, and I am, uh, I think you always look back and say, okay, I wish I hadn't talked so sternly. I wish I hadn't... um, you know, put my kid in time out so often. I wish I hadn't, you know, worked so much and I had spent a little more time, you know, with the kids, even though I did, I was very fortunate to have a flexible job to spend time with them. There are always times that I look back and say, I wish that I, that I hadn't worked so much. Yeah. Uh, What is your definition of success? I think it's being whole. Um, and, and realizing that who you are is who God meant you to be. 
and um, and accepting that, and also accepting that he meant you to be the best version that you can be too. So you're always reaching for that next thing. You're always trying to improve upon what has been given to you. I love that. I've never gotten that kind of answer and I love it. Um, How do you recharge? Walking. I put my shoes on. I put my walking shoes on. And it's not just how I recharge, Trina. It's one of the things that has saved my life over the years. Like everyone else, I've gone through struggles in my life, you know, Mm -hmm. gone through a divorce, gone through losing businesses, things like that. And just when you think I can't, I just can't do it another day. I just can't do it. I would literally force myself to go walk into my closet, put my walking shoes on and go for a walk. And I promise you that after 45 minutes of walking, I had the answer every single Mm -hmm. time. Yes. I love walking too. What are you awesome at? Uh, I think getting people to see how their own worth I do. I know it keeps coming back to that, but I just feel like that's my calling. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that I can see things that people can't see. Um, you know, one of the statements that, uh, we, we say a lot of time, it, a lot of times is it's hard to see the label when you're inside the jar Mm -hmm. and I can see inside that jar a lot of times. And I, I really, uh, take great great. It's a, an honor for me to help somebody see themselves step out of that jar and look at the label and say, wow, hey, that really is me. That's pretty awesome. Mm, great. What legacy do you want to leave? Um, one where people don't ever forget that they, that, that they have a unique purpose and that their purpose is very special and it is part of the tapestry of the world. And if I can get people to really think about that and where they belong in the tapestry. And if you think of a tapestry, there are so many colors, there are so many, you know, types of threads. There are so many that there's a place and a purpose for each person. And that when despair hits and when hard times hit, um, to remember those things that are so unique about you. And I think that's really a, what drew me to personal branding in the first place was because it focuses on what's unique about people. Mm-hmm. Wow. Tanya, tell the listeners how they can connect with you. And if they need your branding services, give us the whole nine yards. You got it. Okay. So um, if you want to learn more, you can go to brandfacestar, S-T-A-R.com, brandfacestar.com. And that'll kind of give you a list of, you know, uh, all our services. You can see our team. You can see some reviews that other people have given on the website. And then if you're thinking, hey, you know what? This is exactly what I need. Let's just do this. I want to do this. Go to discussyourbrand.com. And you can schedule a call with us and we'll take 30 minutes of uninterrupted time and talk with you about your specific brand, your direction, what makes you special and kind of give you some thoughts about, okay, here's what we're going to do with you. Here's how we're going to shape this. Just determine a strategy. And, um, and then it's up to you as to whether you want to move forward with it. But I always say at the end of one of those calls, the very worst thing that can happen is we've talked, we've met a new friend. Wow. Awesome. Well, Tanya, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on Trina Talk. I really enjoyed the conversation. 
I did too, Trina. I'm honored. Thank you so much for having me. I want to thank my guests for being on the show. And I want to thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. And don't forget to tune in next week.